0: All right, if you have your Bibles with you, let's open them up today to the book of Luke in the New Testament. Luke chapter 10 is where we'll start as you're turning there or pulling up the Bible on your phones. uh, Let me ask at all of our campuses, if all of you guys could participate, be real honest, how many of you would say that you occasionally or often feel pretty stressed? Would you raise your hands high if that's you? Hands going up all over the place. How many of you would say, You know, bills are coming in from the holidays and the economy's kind of tight and things may not be as loose as they used to be. How many of you say that you occasionally or even often feel some financial tension or stress? A lot of people do. I'm curious as to how many of you would say, I really wish that I had either more time for myself because I don't do much for myself or I wish I had more time to spend with the people that I love. How many would say uh, that would be me? Hands going up all over the place on all of these questions because we live in a culture that pushes us to the limits. Buy more, do more, accomplish more, conquer more, 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 more. And I would argue that most of us are living at an unbiblical An unsustainable pace. It's insane what normal is today. So much so that even our kids, I mean I I know seven, eight year old kids that on top of homework, on top of school, will be out four or five nights a week doing their activities, not to mention what they do on the weekends, and we call that normal. And for many of us, the schedules now that we impose on our children end up imposing on us, and we're stressed, they're stressed. If someone said, are you really enjoying your life? Most of us would say, no, and I don't have time to talk about it. Gotta go. (laughs) Virtually everybody I know has very little margin for error in the major portions of life and most people have no margin for the most important things in life. Some of you, you may be saying, what is margin exactly? Uh, My good friend Andy Stanley taught a series called Take It to the Limit" several years ago, and that's when I really first started to think about and pray about Margin. It was his series that inspired this. I did more research. There's a book by Dr. Swinson called Margin that if you'd like to study more, it's truly one of the best books around on this subject. But what I want to do is talk to you about this week and the upcoming three weeks about margin. Let's get a working definition for margin. If you're taking notes, uh, this is how Andy defined it. It's a good definition. Margin is the amount available beyond what is necessary. It's the amount that you have that is available beyond what is necessary. I might define margin as this. It's the difference between what you have and what you need. If I have 30 minutes to get somewhere, and it takes 20 minutes to get there, I have 10 minutes of margin. If I have $100 and I've got $80 worth of bills, I've got $20 of margin, the difference between what you have and what you need. Uh, How does margin play out in everyday life? Uh, Margin would be showing up maybe five or ten minutes early to a meeting so you're not stressed all the time. Margin financially would be having money left over at the end of the month. Now, some of you are going to say, what is that? I'll explain it slowly so you'll know what it is. It is having money left over at the end of the month. Very life-changing thing. A margin is having distance between you and temptation. Rather than being morally on the edge all the time, it's having preset buffers in your life to keep you from stumbling into life-destructive behavior. Margin could be having uh, emotional capacity to deal with problems. When your kid comes up and drops something on you, you don't just (laughs) and unleash on your kid because you're overwhelmed Is having the emotional capacity to deal with struggles. Margin could be having three or four nights a week where you don't have anything at all on your schedule. Margin could be having extra time or extra money to invest and give to people or ministries that you love. Margin could be simply having time to think, to reflect, to meditate, to dream. Margin could be having significant time with God, not a quick God bless this meal, thank you, amen, help me today, But, but significant time meditating on his word, enjoying his presence. Simply put, margin is what most of us do not have. And I am convinced that the best things in life happen in the margins. Luke chapter 10 is a great story about two different women. One decided she didn't have margin the other created margin and experienced something that could never, ever be taken away from her. Let's pick it up in Luke 10, starting in verse 38, and here's what Scripture says. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, Jesus came to a village where a woman named Martha opened up her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. Verse 40 says, but Martha was what? Everybody say it aloud. Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. It's interesting, we had two women that had the exact same opportunity. We've got Mary and Martha. Jesus, the Son of God, is present. Mary created a moment. She, she could have had things to do. She might have had laundry at her place that was undone. She might have had grocery shopping she needed to do. She might have had tidying up. But she just said, for the moment, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to embrace this moment and enjoy Jesus. But Martha, on the other hand, was like many of us. She was distracted, she was wigging out. Interesting to me is that she was not distracted by something that was bad or evil. She wasn't distracted by some sinfulness. She was actually distracted by what we might say some good things. In fact, in reality, many of us would be distracted by the same thing. She's thinking, okay, Jesus is in the house. He's like, rumor is he's a son of God. Better get out my good company plates. Better make sure the candle is lit. Got to make sure the toilet paper matches the shower curtain because, God forbid, I make a faux pas like that with Jesus in the house. We got to make sure everything is just right, and she was distracted with good things, from the best things. Someone said this, and and I believe this with all my heart, if Satan, our spiritual enemy, cannot make us really, really bad, he'll try to make us really, really busy. Because some of us, we become so busy at doing lesser things, that we miss out on the most important things. We're distracted from the very best. I took a staycation, do you know what a staycation is? Staycation is when you take a vacation but you stay home. I just learned that. I'm like so thrilled by that word. Whoever came up with it had a lot of margin in their life to sit around and think of a word like staycation. Just saying. So anyway, I took uh, a few days off at home to spend with the family. And on the first day, I woke up early and my mind was still racing with all the church stuff I had to do. And so I slipped quietly into my office first day of my vacation and just fell immediately into work mode. About 8.30 or so in the morning, Buki, my six-year-old, found me, and he came in, and he did this Hulk pose. He said, Dad, I'm going to whip you today. Let's wrestle. And I thought, well, that's really cute, but you're distracting me. You're, you're a distraction. Can't you see I'm doing something important? And I looked up, and I said, just a minute. I'll be there in a minute. Just hang on. Daddy's doing something important right now. And the moment I said that, it was like God just pierced me. You idiot. God didn't call me an idiot, that's what I called myself, but he could call me an idiot, he probably has. You idiot. Buki is not the distraction. Your work is the distraction. Right in front of you is the main thing. Put the computer away and don't miss this moment. So many of us were consumed and obsessed and possessed with accomplishing the urgent, and what we think is important, and we are missing the most important things in life. Mary and Martha, they're in this situation. Uh, I think this is hilarious. Verse 40, the middle of the verse, uh, Martha comes running to Jesus, and she asks, Lord, don't you care? I'm sorry, it's my best Woman in distressed voices. Just work with me is all I got, okay? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all this work by myself? Tell her to help me out. What was funny to me is Martha was absolutely convinced that what she was doing was correct. this is the important thing. I'm in her doing, and she just sitting in there being lazy. Jesus, take my side. Therein lies the greatest challenge that I have in teaching this series of messages. When I do, most of you are going to be convinced that the way you are living is necessary and right. You're going to think, this is the way we have to live. Busyness, that's success, isn't it? And more, and this, and that, and and you are convinced with everything in you that this is what truly matters and is completely necessary to be successful in this world. Everybody's doing it, forgetting the fact that broad is the road and wide is the path that leads to destruction, the Bible says, and many people are on it. But small is the gate, and narrow is the road that leads to life, and very few people find it. That's why the words of Paul in Romans chapter 12, verse 2 are so important. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world. Why do we think what everyone else does is God's best? Do not be like everyone else, but instead be transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you'll be able to test and improve what the will of God is, his good, his pleasing, and his perfect will. What we're gonna talk about in the next few weeks, I want to, it's, going to, it's going to rock some of you. Most of you, quite honestly, you'll shake it off and go on. you say, oh, yeah, that's kind of good. That's something to think about, and I I should make some minor changes. I'm not pushing for minor changes because you are bright people. If minor changes would have made a difference, you would have done that a long time ago. I'm going to talk about radical, life-altering decisions because I'm convinced with all my heart that the way most of us are doing life is completely contrary to what God had planned. Jesus, tell her to help me. I'm right. I'm right. This is what way it should be. And Jesus says, no, no. Your production mindset missed the moment. Luke 10, verse 41 and 42. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You're worried and upset about many things, but only what? Say it aloud. Only, interesting how that word, phrase, one thing, showed up again, isn't it? But only one thing is needed. Mary has done what? Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Here's what you have to understand. The choice is yours. And you're gonna, you're gonna be tempted to fight back throughout this whole series and say, well, Craig, you know, you don't understand. You only work one day a week anyway, okay? You know, uh, you, you don't know what the real world is like, okay? <laughs> Let's talk. <laughs> and and uh, you, uh, you, you know, you don't know what it's like to have financial pressure. You, you don't know what, I, I, I can't do this. No." the choice is yours, the choice is always yours. Well, but my boss, no, the choice is yours, the choice is yours, and if you choose what is right, it will never be taken away from you. Let's do this, let's let's just talk practically, this should be obvious to you, but I wanna go ahead and say it anyway. What happens when we live a marginless life? What happens when margin decreases? Two things. The first thing, if you're taking notes, is when margin decreases, your stress increases. Can you say amen? amen. You don't say that much, but that's a good place to say it because it's so true. Okay, so, When you're running late and your margin decreases, what happens? You go, oh. Okay, your stress increases. Some of you on the way to church today, you were running late. Okay, it wasn't your fault. It was someone else's in your family' fault who didn't get ready. And so your margin decreased, your stress increased, and you're sitting there saying ungodly things on the way to church. If you should have, you better, better get shut up, bless God. We're going to go in and worship today. Oh, praise the Lord, brother. Good morning. Hallelujah. Great day to be in church. Love you, Jesus. Shut up. <laughs> Miss the first song to work. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. No elbows. Some of you throwing elbows. Keep your elbows are illegal in church. No elbows at all. And same is true financially. If your financial margin decreases, what happens in your marriage? If you're married, you start fighting. Oh, you spent what? On what? No margin. Something breaks. You've got two problems. One is something's broken. Two is how are we gonna pay for it? Stress your financial margin decreases, your stress increases. Second thing if you're taking notes is this, as your margin decreases, your relational intimacy, it also decreases. As margin decreases, your relational intimacy decreases. You see it all the time. Those of you that are busy, you're frustrated, you're challenged, your mind rarely disengages from the things that you think are important. You can be with somebody you love, but you're not with them. You're present, but you're not all present. Your mind is still running. You, you can go on the vacation, but you're, you're never really there. You're always connected to work. Something is still going on. Uh, we were out to eat, and we saw four people um, in a family and having dinner together. I thought, oh, how cool, and I looked a little more closely, and all four were on the phone typing at the same time. All four. You know, and someone's Facebooking, someone's texting, someone's emailing, someone's Twittering. I'm having a nice meal with my family. No, you're not. You're twittering. You're twittering. Quit playing with your little Twitter. (laughs) You can quote me on that. Some of you just twittered it. Craig Rochelle said, quit playing with your little Twitter. That's what I said. (laughs) Your, Your relational intimacy, it... Decreases not just with people but also with God. I can't tell you how many times I, I run into people and say, Hey, man, I haven't seen you at church in a long time. Oh, shuffle, 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 shuffle. Uh, uh, I, I used to come, but 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 I got what I got. You know the line, don't you? Busy. Um, how, how's it going with you and God? Oh man, it, we used to be close. I used to be in His Word, and oh my gosh, it was we pray, and, and, and it used to be so good, but uh, well, but 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 I just got busy. Too busy for people. Too busy for God. And we think that's normal. Why? Why is it that so many of us live marginless lives? Why is it that so many of us plan on slowing down one day, but we rarely ever do. Why is it that very few people take the house that they cannot afford, sell it, and downsize and create some financial margin? Why is it that we say money doesn't make us happy and yet so many of us fight and scrape to get even more? Why is it that we do not radically cut back on our schedules to spend time with the children that will be out of our house like that. Why is it? Why is it that we are so sick? The bottom line is because most of us, we do not wholly trust God. That's it. It's we do not have enough faith to really believe that God is on the throne, that he will handle the details of life and that his way of doing life is better. We're afraid that if we're not going and going and going, we're going to miss out on something out there, that elusive something that's going to finally fill the void we feel so deeply in our hearts. Got to work harder. Got to make more money. Got to have the nicer gotta have the gotta have this gotta be at the meeting gotta 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 because if I don't I'm going to miss out on that something that I'm longing for it's, it's insane M- most of you you make more money today than you have in your entire lives and yet you you battle with more financial stress than you ever have most of you you've got better opportunities to do great things, and yet you're more empty and more exhausted. Why? It's because we're filling our lives with things that do not matter. In a word, idolatry. Idolatry. We are elevating good things to become supreme things. We are distracted by all the production and worldliness. Gotta have the bigger house. Then it may help our marriage. Gotta have the nicer car. Then it'll make me feel good about myself. Therefore, I've gotta get the promotion so I can sustain this lifestyle. Gotta be at the meeting so they'll think well of me because their opinion matters and my whole self-worth hinges on what they think about me. Gotta have our kids involved in the best of all the opportunities because God forbid we invest spiritually in our children. They've got to be great flute players. (laughs) Got to have the perfect body because my soul is not as valuable as my body. and I've got to produce more and more and more because I'm so empty. It's idolatry. It's insane. And it's killing marriages and families, and people are hurting. It's not what God intended. So, what we're going to do is we're going to have what I call a come to Jesus meeting. And in the next few weeks, I'm going to challenge you and push you like you haven't been pushed in a long time. And sadly, most of you aren't going to change. I just, I just, I've just, done this long enough to know. I just, it just breaks my heart. Some of you, though, some of you, you're going to see it. You're going to feel it. You're going to believe it. And you're, you're going to do life not according to the patterns of this world, but according to the rhythms of God's grace. And you are going to choose what is better. And when it's all said and done, God's going to look at you and he's going to say, you did good, well done, well done, my good and faithful servant. And you're not gonna have regrets because you're not gonna give your life away to things that do not matter and do not last. Few of you are gonna get it. and I'm gonna praise God and I'm gonna fight for it with you. Come to Jesus meeting. Here's what, here's what Jesus said, Matthew 11:28 28 and 29. Jesus said, come to me, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. I'll add a few words. Uh, come to me, you all who are stressed out, overwhelmed, can't get it all done. Come to me, single parents who are about to fall apart. Come to me, business guy who feels like you're going to lose it all. Come to me, mom who has no margin for herself. Come to me, those who are um, overwhelmed and feel insignificant if not busy all the time. Come to me, all of us, Jesus said. And what will I give you? He said, I will give you, say it again, Jesus said, I will give you, rest. Take my yoke upon you, he says, and learn from me. That's what we're going to try to do. We're, try, we're going to try to learn from God. Learn from Jesus, he says. For I'm gentle and humble in heart. And what will you find? When you come to Jesus, what will you find? The Bible says you will find what? Say it aloud. You will find rest for your souls. For your souls. Let, let that phrase just sink in for a moment. Rest for your souls. Peace, assurance, tranquility, rest for your souls. Rest for your souls. A lot of us, we don't even know what rest is. We're going to talk a lot about rest next week. Some of you go, I'm going to go on vacation and rest. And then you bungee jump, skydive, and shop the whole time. And you're like, I'm exhausted. I I need a vacation for my vacation. Okay. Others, you go on vacation and you, you know, you got six days and the first three days you're unwinding and you're trying to start. And then you got, oh my gosh, I've only got three days to go and you start winding back up and you you don't ever really rest for your souls. Rest for your souls. Uh, My my heart aches for so many of you. Um, Those of you that are not married, uh, it's interesting how sometimes you can fall victim to this the most. Uh, You feel like if I don't have something on my schedule, I'm insignificant. I'm a loser. I've got got to have something all the time or else there must be something wrong with me. Do you realize how sick that is? Moms, if I can just talk to you for a minute. I I talk to moms all the time. Well, you know, I, I I I, I don't have any time for me. I don't have any time for me. And if I did something for me, I would feel incredibly guilty. Do you realize how insane that is? men. Well, I, I got I to gotta make more, conquer more, achieve more, because that's what will show love to idolatry. Psalm 46.10 says this. Be still. Be still. Be still and know that I am God. Many, many don't even know how to be still. If I come hard on this, it's because um, this has been this has been a probably a our church, it's been a 14-year battle for me. And I'm 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 learning to win this battle. I really am. Uh, I survived my second round of counseling for being a workaholic. I passed, I graduated, I don't go anymore. 90 bucks an hour, freed up. Praise God. <laughs> and uh, the very first assignment my counselor said is he said, Craig, here's your assignment you got to be still for five minutes a day. You can't produce anything. You know, I'm like, well, that's easy, five minutes a day. I went there, and I'm like going, okay, 30 seconds in. Oh, can't do this. This is insane. i got things to do. And I talked to him again. I said, I can't do this. He said, do you realize how sick that is? Be still. Be still. That's where we're going to start this week. It's very simple. Your assignment is five minutes a day where you don't produce anything. You don't think anything. You just be in God's presence. Just listen. What it's gonna do is for five minutes, it's gonna break the idolatry where you think you're on the throne of this life. And you're gonna leave the laundry undone, the kids knocking and your emails unchecked and your Facebook will survive without you looking at it for five minutes. And you're not allowed to Twitter about it. And you're just gonna be for five minutes. You're just gonna be, just gonna be. And it's a first and significant step into creating a lot more of margin. And here's where we're going to go in the series. Just, just if you write this down, here's where we're going. This is week one. We're introducing the idea. Week two, we're going to talk about scheduling margin. And we're going to talk about some extremes because most of us, we do not have time. And you're going to say, but I don't have time to do that. No, you have time for what you choose to have time for. And we're going to make some significant commitments next week. Then in week three, we're going to talk about financial margin because most of us have none. Have none and uh, the pressure is so real in this consumeristic, materialistic world, and I'm going to show you how you can create financial margin. It will be simple, not easy, but it will be simple, and your life can be transformed as we create financial margin. Week four, we're going to talk about moral margin because all over the world people are falling into dangerous lifestyles of sin because there is no buffer between them and temptation. And when our schedules are crushed and when our finances are tight, All of a sudden, we're so stressed, and so many people relieve themselves with sin that is an escape and ends up totally destroying their lives, and we're going to build moral margin, and we're going to stop seeking meaning from the things of this world, and we're going to find meaning in the things of God, and here's what he will do. Isaiah 58, verse 11, as we seek him, the Lord will guide you always, not the culture, not the expectations of this world but the Lord will guide you always. He, not the things of this world, but He will satisfy your needs in our sun-scorched land, and He will strengthen your frame. And rather than being parched, and thirsty, and empty, and barren, and dry, and struggling, you will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. When you stop living according to the patterns of this world, but instead you live according to the rhythms of his grace, and you will never be the same. God, I ask that your Holy Spirit would pierce our hearts. And God, I thank you in advance for the few who um, will be open to what you would say. And God, I ask that you would give them the courage to make significant life changes that would honor you. God, I, I for one refuse to surrender to this culture and will not will not give my life away to things that do not matter. God, help us create margin for the most important things in life. God, we will seek you and we know you will guide us. As you're praying today at all of our locations, let's just start real simply this week. Let's, let's create a, a holy moment, five minutes a day. Some of you, you may go radical and go like six, six and a half or something. But what I wanna do is just ask you, if you, if you truly acknowledge that there is too much that maybe you're not really, really bad, but you are really, really busy, and let's just start for five minutes and take yourself off the throne of life and put God there, and let's just seek him. I suggest early in the day when the pressure feels the greatest, you may find you need more. We just sit and listen. I'm guessing God will speak to you. I really am guessing he will. might be tough for some of you, um, but five minutes. Let's start there and then we'll get more intense as the weeks come. If you say, yeah, I'm in, I'm, I, I want that. I know it's crazy and I want to give him at least that where I just sit in his presence, not producing, not thinking, not, not a human doing, but I'm just a human being. Would you lift up your hands right now? Just lift them up. God, thank you for so many people who, who would just start here. And I pray, I, God, first of all, I pray they would keep this commitment seven days this week and I pray this would be, would be the start of a discipline of putting you first. And God, it would grow to much more than five minutes, but it would grow to a lifestyle of putting you first in every way, giving you our first and our best, and trusting you, God, to bless the rest. We seek you. And God, I thank you for what you're gonna do as you, as you uh, remove the idols in our lives and train us, God, not to find meaning in the things of this world, but truly in the things that matter most to you. God. Give us the courage to choose what is better. And God, I know it will not be taken away from us. As you keep praying today, I want everybody to just listen real carefully. There are many of you right now that God has here for a very specific reason. Because if you look at your life, you've been on on a lifetime search, a quest for something. There's got to be that something out there that's going to fill this emptiness and this void in my life. I want you to look at your life because chances are, You've accomplished or found so much of what you thought was missing. Got to have that job. You got it. You're still empty. Got to make that sour. You you got it. You're still empty. Got to have that thing. You got it. You're still empty. Got to have that relationship. You got it. You're still empty. You're searching. You're driving. You're pushing. What is it? It's idolatry. It's, it's taking good things and making them supreme things. It's settling for the things, the lower things of this world rather than the higher things of God's kingdom. And I'm so convinced that many people who call themselves Christians are not truly Christians, that they're just pursuing worldliness in the name of Christ. Idolatry. You and your goals are still on the throne of your life, and that is not Christianity. God sent his son Jesus First of all, to live a sinless life and die a brutal death so our sins could be forgiven. But here's why Jesus came. He didn't, he didn't come to make us religious. He came that we could have life and life more abundantly. But here's, here's what I'm not offering I'm not saying come to Jesus for a better life. I'm saying come to Jesus because He is better than life. Come to Him. Come to Him. Come to you in your brokenness, come to Him in your sin. Come to him and you will find rest for your souls, forgiveness, healing, wholeness, and peace. All of our campuses, many of you would say, you know, I I am not walking with him. Uh, Many of you would say, I I called myself a Christian, but you know what, I'm, I'm probably not. He's really not first. Today, I surrender to him. Today, I give it all to him. I don't want to do it my way. I want to give it all to him. Jesus, have mercy on me, forgive me, transform me. When you pray this, he will hear your prayer. You will be forgiven. You will be born into his family. You'll be filled with the spirit, and you will never be the same. All of our campuses, those of you who say I've been searching, I think I've found the one I'm searching for. Jesus, take over in my life. Would you raise your hands high right now? Just lift them up high right now. And I just want to meet you eye to eye right here, both of you. And. Both of you right over here and here. Let me, let me see you in the Nobody else looking around, but I want to see you. Both of you right here and right back here. Ma'am, right here. Ma'am, right here. Others of you say, me too. Right back here in this section, praise God for you. And right back over here, both hands up, bless you. Others of you would say, me too. Jesus, transform me. I surrender wholly and completely to you. Right back over here on my left side. At all of our campuses, as, as people are coming to Christ, would you just pray aloud with those around you? Pray, Heavenly Father. I am a sinner. I need a Savior. Transform me. Make me new. I give my whole life completely to you. Strip the idols out of my heart. I want to serve you with all of my life. Fill me with your spirit so I could follow you. Thank you, God, for new life. Now you have mine, in Jesus' name I pray. Could you guys just go a little bit crazy welcoming those today born into his family.